Hello, Film Files. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday. It's 9 p.m., and I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. I'm Ben Snowden. And this week we watched Captain America Winter Soldier, and now it's time to talk about it. This is Movie Show Theater. In a world where movies are everywhere, these heroes will make sense of some of the world's strongest films. Jimmy, Ben, and Stuart. This is Movie Show Theater. This was Ben's choice, and I'm really glad that he went with it because uh, we have a website and a podcast uh, at movieshowtheater.com, and we've been doing it since last summer, and most of them have been prior to 1980. Yeah, older. Well, I'd say a wide range. Yeah, that's um, that's true. And, and that's one thing that I was looking at, too. I had a couple ideas before this because we... When we pick these movies, we go on a rotating basis. That's what we've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of looking at what we've done. And I think the most recent one prior to this was 2008, uh, Let the Right One In. Yeah. 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 So um, I want to say right off the bat, too, you can get a hold of us through the WAZU uh, 90.7 Facebook page. And there's also a Movie Show Theater Facebook page. And then, like I said earlier, MovieshowTheater.com. You can send us uh, recommendations, movies you think we should uh, talk about. Um, And if you have comments about what we've done, you can do that as well. Um, And we'd also like to have guest podcasters in the studio. You can email us. You can just leave a message on the Facebook. Whatever you want to do, we will get it. So let's talk about some mindless action. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't call it necessarily mindless. There's some stuff there. There's yeah. some stuff going on. Deep. I mean, it's mostly fun. I mean, I wouldn't compare this to all of these uh, Oscar winners that are being paraded in front of us. But oh, for sure. It's still fun. <laughs> it was It was fun. And there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of thinking involved, but you don't necessarily have to if you don't want to. That's a great thing about most of these Marvel movies that are coming out. Yeah. Well, they're brain candy. Yeah. So I I hadn't watched the first Captain America movie. It was came out in 2011, so I watched him a couple days ago back-to-back. Back. And since I never read the comics, I think I was at an advantage because I didn't have any expectations. You know, I didn't have any standards. I mean, it's kind of like that with any, you know, book adaptation. I mean, it's a little bit different with comic books, but I don't know the whole backstory on these characters, so everything I see is new. And uh, I like the first one uh, quite a bit better. Um, it was just so saturated with uh, film noir throwbacks, and it was just like the classiest superhero movie uh, I've ever seen. Well, it, it, the time in which it was set lends itself to that, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, World War Two, you know, uh, was just – it was a time that everyone needed a hero, and that's where Captain America came in. I mean, he became a symbol for – for our cause against the Nazis at that time and Marvel Comics it was it was purely propaganda at that point. Oh yeah. I mean it, I mean come on. Let's be practical. Red, white and blue 
jumpsuit that looks like Oh, a, it doesn't get any more American. It doesn't get I me. Mean, it just screams, screams patriotism, screams, you know, oh, look at look at me, I am the greatest, and we are the greatest country on the planet. And another thing, too, when you mention propaganda, if you look at that film, you know, uh, Steve Rogers was just this scrawny kid who had a heart like a lion, but... He was a scrawny kid, so he goes and enlists in the armed forces, and they give him the super soldier serum. And look at him now. He's not just a strapping young lad. He is our hero, America's hero. Mm -hmm. He grew a foot and a half and put on 200 pounds. Of pure muscle. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll admit, uh, he looks great. (laughs) I wish I looked like that. That transformation was was mind-bending. I couldn't believe it. Like, he... It's it's incredible the the transformation that he went through. It's kind of interesting too what uh, Marvel Studios did with that film because if you look at their whole connected universe, which started with uh, Iron Man, Iron Man in two thousand eight, um, mostly everything was set in the modern world. So that was probably the first time that I can recall in the whole connected universe where they're like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go back to a different era and it worked surprisingly well. Yeah, it was very refreshing. Well the tie in with, with Howard Stark and with you know, Stark Industries and everything and how they were intimately involved in this super soldier program. I mean he, Stark was obviously the technological driving force behind it, but then there was the there was the, uh, the the German doctor who who was helping them out with it. I can't remember his name to save my life, but that's okay. But anyway, the, the, the that's where you get your tie-in then to the future, aside from the fact that we obviously know that Steve Rogers, you know, is now still alive, still acting as Captain America, but, um, you know, it, it, it there has to be... Oh, I don't even know where I was going with that. He's catching up on pop culture. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a great yeah, intro yeah, to the yeah, film yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. just running around Washington, lapping um, the man who will become Falcon. Falcon, yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you guys see the 90, 1990 Captain America? I haven't, Horrible. but I've read about it. So bad. I, I remember renting it from the library. So I've bad. seen um, I've seen the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm interested to see the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury film because that Whoa. would be like so bizarre what? world. Whoa. Yeah, David Hasselhoff, I think, was the first film incarnation of Nick Fury. Uh, um, what they should have done is just got Kurt Russell. Look, you're Snake. He's but, already got the iPad. But yeah. you're Nick Fury. But here's another thing, a juxtaposition. Uh, picture Samuel L. Jackson as Shaft and then put an eye patch on him. Oh, wait, that's Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually modeled the comic book character after Sam Jackson. So much so that they wanted Sam Jackson to be that character for their movies. They actually changed Nick Fury's character in the comics. Wow. So I thought that was kind of a neat little Yeah, because that's the cool thing about these films, too, with the connected universe. In the comics, they continuously rewrite the history. And, you know, the term canon is continually brought up. What's canon? What isn't? For these stories, these films, they can bring up pretty much any story arc that they want to Mm -hmm. and probably get away with it. Yeah. As long as it relates to the other films in, in one way or another and, and doesn't contradict them in a too big of a manner. You know, there's yeah. I've I've a friend who is pretty much a comic book expert. He literally has a vault of, of comic books and he's praised, you know, what Marvel has been doing with these connected films, even though he could sit there and say, you know, that's that's not from the comics, that's new, that's not from the comics, that's new, but it's all very entertaining, which yeah. is the point. Well, there's only so much that they can bring in from the comics to put on the screen. Let's yeah. be honest with ourselves. Right. There 40 are 40 years of story writing. Uh, no kidding. I mean, it, I mean, 
it goes back, you know, longer than that. It goes it goes all the way back to World War II when mm-hmm. they first started putting these comics out. And even before that, you know. Um, but again, it comes back to their 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 portrayal of Captain America in this as the kind of a goody two shoes, um, you know, ne'er do well or, or ne'er do anything wrong sort of character strikes me. This I I got I have a confession. I I've never liked Captain America. Oh, I'm I'm in the same boat. I have of... never liked Captain America. I always thought he just reminded me too much of like Superman. Yep. The the you know too black and white and just too goody two shoes. No dirt just, at all. Yeah. None whatsoever. There's no dark in him at all. And I it just doesn't interest me as Jiminy Jillikers. Jiminy but you know what? he is too. I mean, and that's I think what makes him kind of cool is that he's. You know, the classic Americano superhero. There's no, you know, he's not from another planet. He wasn't bit by a spider. Yeah, he was injected with this serum. But I like how, you know, okay, so this one was a third full-length feature that um, Chris Evans played Captain America. It seems like he really um, is settling into this role. And he's not just uh, a stronger character, and that's his superhero, but they really... You know, the choreography in this film was The fight great. scenes are outrageous. The, I'm sorry. The they're, elevator they're scene. Unbelievable. Just, you know exactly what's going to happen when he pretty much says, hey, do you, if anybody you want to leave now, anybody want to get off? Yeah. But even when you know what's going to happen, what's delivered is beyond your expectations. Like, even watching it the second time, I was just, you know, on the edge of my seat, even though I knew what would happen, mm-hmm. just because the action is just that good. And that's another thing that I, I think that at least sets this... Captain America film, The Winter Soldier, apart from some of the other Marvel Studios films, is the emphasis on, you know, this is live action. It's not, you know, um, shooting fireballs or lasers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Captain America falls out of a building on a shield. That's a little bit of a superpower, but most of it's based on, you know, what you would see in other action films well, his to another super, level. You know, well, his superpower, he has super enhanced, he has enhanced strength and enhanced speed. Enhanced endurance and ability Fighting to skills. heal. All right, he he is one of those characters that that he, he, that very serum is kind of based off of of like even what um, the Hulk, you know, what they were they were reaching for, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the gamma radiation uh, and whatnot, and and so he is able to do these things and do it better more efficiently and survive some of these ridiculous ridiculous falls that he takes in this because yeah. he falls I don't know how many times but he yeah, just he... seems to get just beat down constantly and which is I, I kind of like seeing that as someone who doesn't necessarily love the Captain America yeah. character it's nice to see him take a few lumps but you know what though here's here's the thing that, that Marvel has done though they've actually made him a more interesting character I think yeah. than the comics ever did yeah, they I mean, I never read Captain. Conflict. I never read Captain America comics. I I read some Avengers at one point in time, and, but because of the team aspect. But, um, but again, the Captain America character was just always was just oh, just tedious. <laughs> so clean, he was almost boring. Always just tedious, you know. And and he, that's why I, you know, my two favorite characters in all of of both DC and Marvel are Batman and and Wolverine because they are the darkest by far and, and and willing to do just about anything. Yeah. And and we just don't see that in Steve Rogers Captain America. What kind of one-layered. But we're but the good thing about this is that we're starting to see that he he's not just this 
goody two-shoes superhero, he's also kind of just a lost soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a man out of time, and and he feels out of place. And the I think it's great, the Black Widow character, Scarlett Johansson's character, the way she's continuously throughout the entire film trying to hook him up, trying to get him a date. Mm-hmm. You need to ask the girl across the way. You need to ask the nurse. You need to ask this person. You need to... And, and this whole entire time, he's like, when do I have time? Yeah. You know, when do I have time? I'm, I'm kind doing of all this superhero stuff. kind of off the saving the world. It, it, I, I think what you're talking about, Stu, is, is perfect and right on point, especially when he says, you know, yeah, all of my friends from the barbershop quartet are dead. dead. All so. his friends, except, <laughs> ironically, Bucky Barnes. Yeah. He's not yeah. dead. Well, He's alive and well. Yeah. What's really fun that about was a stretch too? I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, the movie wasn't flawless. When when you mentioned the elevator scene, I was going to mention. I thought the other elevator scene was interesting when he was in the elevator with Nick Fury, and you kind oh, of yeah. get some backstory. And Nick Fury is describing his grandfather's, you know, experience with walking home with a couple bucks and a twenty-two Magnum. And I feel like Steve Rogers should have turned and been like, "Dude, I'm ninety. I know that was my America too." You know, it was kind of nice. But it to wasn't see. his America. It wasn't. It wasn't his America because he was he was white middle class living in New York. Sure, you know, and Nick Fury's grandfather was black, low low class, poor uh, in New York, and so no, it wasn't his America. The civil rights hadn't happened yet, um, and while Steve Rogers probably would have been a very cool guy to his father, they wouldn't have hung out. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been together necessarily. I mean, and so Steve. You know, he. I think he looks at everybody in with with wide open eyes and looks at everybody. It takes everybody at face value at first, which is very naive, as is very plainly pointed out by Nick Fury. But but again, you know, you. And I think the whole point of that was that that story with the twenty two and the dollar bills. You can't take people at face value. You can't trust. Mm-hmm. And and. This is, I think, the film where we start to see Steve Rogers stop trusting a little bit. Yeah. Stop, stop taking everybody at face value just a little bit and start realizing that the world's a lot more complicated. Yeah. Well, he got – the transformation between Captain America 1 and 2 is, is pretty interesting. Um, the writers were all the same, but Joe Johnston directed the first one who brought us such classics as uh, Hidalgo, Wolfman, The Page Master, Jurassic Park 3 – Rocketeer and the young Indiana Jones Spring Break Adventure. Oh, you're kidding! Which kind of sounds like an adult film. It does sound like an adult film. Which oh, Indy! The Russo brothers have Arrested Development on their right. Record. They directed some of my favorites. Yeah, so they they did some Agent Carter and they did a lot of Community Up All Night, which I think lasted three episodes. And they did some of my favorite uh, Arrested Development episodes. So, but. You know, the, the... I wish they would have brought more of that humor into it. Though. Mm-hmm. I, if if anything, I think that their 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 jump into action was good. I mean, it, the movie is not a horrible movie, and I wouldn't watch it again. But it again, it's it's one of those films where it needed a little more humor. Yeah, just well, the... a little touch more. Right. Well, I find that movies like this are fun to watch because I can kind of relax a little bit, and like I won't question. Any of the action, I, I, if oh, you yeah. if you pick apart and nitpick through all the fight scenes, no, it, it's obviously not believable. But you have a movie well, like um, right, right. <laughs> it's based on comic books, like <laughs> the, like the, the whole Bucky Barnes thing. I mean, 
um, that actually happened in the comic books too, like the whole story arc of the Winter Soldier. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy somehow survived, you know, falling from train tracks that were however high up, well, and they magically you know, found him, experimented on him, and now he's. It looked like know, they Winter were a thousand feet in the air or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because uh, why so. not? Why not? Well, yeah. But it seemed like with these. You know, like, uh, made me think about the Fast and the Furious movies, which I thoroughly enjoy because oh, it's fast we, cars no. and it's it's attractive women, and that's all it is. It doesn't claim to be otherwise. Whereas movies like Captain America, they try to take on this like political landscape and they try to like touch their toe into and and I mean I know the comic books did it too. It's not like a liberty that you know the Russo brothers decided to take in this movie. But I think the in 2011, when First Avenger came out, I was kind of going through my boycotting. You know, it seemed like the the movie theaters were being dominated by comic book movies and you know adaptations, and they still are. No, but they are. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. And I'm so glad I watched these movies because it kind of reminded me of that. You know, I mean, it, you can I don't know. I guess be as involved or. Just let the suspension of belief take over. You know, like... Uh, what I think that this one, this movie missed on was the Winter Soldier wasn't a big enough bad guy. That's my... Actually, that's my common... It's not... He's not a big enough bad guy. He's not dynamic enough. And he's all, he, he's an automaton throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. He's being pointed by Hydra and saying, go and do whereas you know uh, before now we've had these larger than life bad guys i mean the red skull in the first one mm-hmm. larger than life bad guy we I kept can, waiting yeah. for him to come back uh, he he probably he well, probably, there's, there's, well there's, there's some possibility, possibility. Yeah, there's, there's, possibility. there's going to be there's going to be at least one more standalone captain america film which by the way did you notice how uh, bucky barnes held captain america's shield in that fight, he was holding Captain America's shield oh, on his yeah. forearm. Well, in the comic books, he does become Captain America. Keep that in mind. For a while, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. But you made a good point about villains, too. With Marvel's, it, that's my main complaint about some of the Marvel films, even though I enjoy most, if not all of them. Sometimes there's not enough texture to the villains. It's just the guy there who's, you know, going to threaten the world or New York City, and that's yeah. about it. It's just like we right. don't delve, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy loved it, but Ronan is just, he doesn't get enough face time. He, he could be out taking that huge hammer and just obliterating people, but he's just kind of sitting up in space talking to people on a screen but, most of the time. But I think with Guardians, I think with Guardians, and while I take your point truly to heart, with Guardians, though, this was the setup for something bigger. They couldn't necessarily put a big, big bad on screen as much because we needed to get to know our heroes. We needed to get to know that group of heroes better, whereas... Captain America is a more readily available character. Most people wouldn't even need to know more than the fact that he was, you know, a soldier from World War II, frozen for a while, thought out, now is, you know, member of this Avengers team. You know, that's about all you need to know because we've seen Captain America before, but these other characters nobody's seen. And and so, yeah, they're in the same universe. Yes, they exist together. Yes, the this, these two storylines are kind of come colliding into each other at some point. Um, Thanos, yeah, with, yeah, through Thanos, and it, it's going to get it's going to get really interesting. That's why I'm really excited about Age of Ultron coming up this spring. Who cares about the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight scheduled on the same day? It's like, uh, I mean, hey, May first. Guess what? Avengers, yeah. that's all I care about. Age yeah. of Ultron, baby. That's right. I mean, 
come on, that's going to be a huge, huge fight and a big bad guy mm-hmm. and and just carnage possibly, left and right. Possibly multiple villains. Um, considering you know at the end of the film, I guess you could call it the mid credit scene. We are introduced uh, the to the twins. twins who are Quicksilver and, and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch, but they can't use the names. Well, they here. There's like there's a loophole How because so? they were mutants, but they were also Avengers. So there can be two Quicksilvers, and there can be two Scarlet Witches. One licensed out to Fox Studios uh, for X Men. One I licensed out could, to Marvel. I didn't think Studios. they could use those names. They just can't use the term mutants, um, which I that's see. that's like really tricky because. Um, up until recently, Spider-Man had been licensed out to Fox Studios, and that's now a Marvel Ooh. Studios property again. So there's a possibility well, with partially, partially. They're sharing him, I thought. Aren't they? I'm I not sure. Think, I didn't think I, it was a full... I didn't think they turned him over a whole I'd have to look that up. I think they're sharing him. But anyway... X-Men are still anyway. Fox, too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but uh, I think that... Um, uh, well, Robert Redford as as the behind the scenes bad Alexander I mean, Pierce, very mm-hmm. cool. You you knew from the very beginning, even if you didn't had didn't know anything about the story, you knew that he was going to be the bad guy. You knew that someone had to beginning. be that guy. Somebody had to be that guy, and who they're going to pick? They're going to have to pick somebody who is going to be able to pull the role off, and he did just fine. But I really wish, though, that and again, it comes back to my dissatisfaction with. With the the lack of a of a of, of a true driving e- evil force, if you will, behind all of this as of right now, Hydra, interesting story, kind of cool, very terrorist action behind the scenes, Muppet, not Muppet, uh, puppeteering, <laughs> Muppeteering, <laughs> Kermit's Kermit's gonna take oh, you out, boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a horrible Kermit, but anyway, uh, <laughs> goofy almost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gorge. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, so they're behind the scenes, and we've now discovered that. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! Shield is actually. Hydra. I mean, for all intents and purposes, yes, there are people there who are doing good, like Coulson and uh, uh, the young lady who was in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, um, she was in How I Met Your Mother. She was in the first Avengers. She was in, you know, the brunette. Rhea Hill? Yeah, 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 that's who. I think that's what her character name is. But anyway, she, yeah, Agent Hill. Okay, but... um so those good characters are there, and they're always going to be there, and they're the ones who are going to actually drive S.H.I.E.L.D. from here on out. Because there is a S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, S.H.I.E.L.D. is still around. Nick Fury is still around. He's just he's doing his own little thing now. And I don't know if you've watched the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, the Agent Carter, or if you watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's on TV. But they brought these storylines. They're very intimately inter- intertwining the storylines and how Coulson basically takes over the remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. after this collapse in this movie, rebuilds slowly but surely trying to fight against and continue to fight against the remnants of Hydra that have survived this fiasco. And I think it's interesting to see how this is truly a well it's just mirroring what what our country is doing with all of the terrorist organizations that are out there right now we're mm-hmm. we're supposedly an agent for uh, you know uh, an agent for good that is working against uh this big bad that is out there but let's be honest we're both 
just as we've got our hands are just as dirty as everybody else's in this this fight. And regardless of who you're who you're looking at, I mean, it's just that our atrocities are respectable, whereas theirs are not. And and I think that we're looking at that in this this context of these movies. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that there's a mirror in, of, of, of our society that's going on at that point. Well, especially with the, the prevalence of, of technology in the film and how it's absolutely omnipotent in the film. You know, they can't take one step. They're always on cell phones. Oh, um, I know. And, and that's one of the main differences, too, between the first Captain America film, not the 1991, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger and the Winter right, Soldier, right. is is him adapting to the modern world and um, this new age of technology. Um, yeah. Which he does pretty well. Yeah. Which, like, I, mean, I guess he kind of has to for the sake of the movie. Looking, Everybody relies on him. He's like the sole decision maker of pretty much everything as far as... So, like, the timeline was kind of fun to put together. So, Winter Soldier takes place after New York. Yes. They're in D.C. It seems like he's still trying to, like, uh, acclimate himself to this modern age. I thought Falcon was a super lame yeah, Avenger. He was Falcon... They could have done... Okay, here's here's the problem with, with that one. That particular character, um, I, I and I, I think they were just trying very hard to get somebody of... Well, uh, a quote unquote minority superhero in there. Yeah, they need you know? a black guy. They, they, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And and I thought he Other was than a good Nick Fury. Well, yeah, but see, that's the point. They wanted somebody who was going to actually, I don't know. Aside from aside from being a leader, he's going to be in the trenches, if you will. You know, now Nick fought. Nick fights all the time. I mean, we we've seen him. I mean, the the whole chasing with the, the the SUV and the minigun that pops up out of the dashboard practically. That was awesome. I thought that, that was, was cool. phenomenal. Although I thought it was really dumb that like one of the leaders of Shield is under siege and there's no warning beacon or there's no sign or there's no sort of Hydra. like call for help. But see then that one of the leaders of Shield what was Shield at that point if not just a cover for Hydra? And right. so his entire organization was you know at least those who had the 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 ability to maybe come help him they were in power and didn't want him to get help i mean they just didn't want that to be the case um but coming back to falcon then i thought the concept of the the wings is a cool idea but you never really get to see what they're really capable of they they just kind of look like mechanical angel wings like from what what you call it from uh x-men almost you know i mean and and i'm sorry if that technology was possible sign me up yeah i mean they did the wings really well the wings were really cool that would be really cool but how would you get that to work like that because they did function or looked like they functioned like actual bird wings right they did not a fixed wing sort of glider or anything else but like wings and so that was kind of an interesting kind of trying to wrap your head around the technology sort of moment. Yeah, but I felt like the first time that the Winter Soldier was fighting him after about two minutes, he pulls a wing off and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm grounded. Yeah. I'm done. You see, that's the... Should have thought of making a a second backpack. I mean, not all superheroes are going to end up, you know, like Iron Man who can apparently survive just about anything. You need some guys to take falls. They're the jobbers of the yeah. superhero world. Yeah, truly. Well, as soon yeah. as I met him, I'm like, okay, he's he's going down. He's a red shirt. Point. He's not dying. Yeah, but... he's a red shirt to use Star Trek vernacular. You know, I mean, he's the extra who 
well, while he doesn't get off, he he does in, in the end get taken out of the picture pretty re- you know readily and pretty quickly at the very last. But oh well, kind of seems like Captain America's manservant. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. All right, Captain He's, America, well, what do you want me to do now? I guess that's that's one of the <laughs> one of the positive things about that character is how he always seems like so starstruck and um, Steve Rogers slash Captain America is just like, you know, I'm just a, just a I'm, guy, I'm just some guy, know? you know, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now. I don't, I have no idea. I'm just like you. We're just, I don't know that like the, the conversation they have about sleeping on a bed and how it feels like they're going to fall through it. Like mm-hmm. it's on a marshmallow because they're used to sleeping on, you know, these hard cots or in caves or on the ground or yeah. on the ground. Using a rock as a pillow. So, yeah. so I think the film did that well as far as like drawing parallels from, um, old time to modern time, um, a soldier is a soldier, no matter oh, what yeah. era you're oh, talking yeah. about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They always end up. Yeah, they they same... take the brunt of the work, and a lot of times, unlike Captain America, you know, uh, let me look this up here. Oh, Falcon's real name is Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, he's not anyone who's celebrated. You know, he's not no. like Captain America. He's just a guy who was on a top secret mission, and he wouldn't be celebrated because of that. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I okay. I, all right, let's talk about Scarlett Johansson for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, I like this Black Widow character very much. Oh yeah, Natasha Romanoff. Yeah. Okay. Heavy breathing in the microphone. That's a little creepy. Uh, there but, was somebody who was passing by who did that. That wasn't Jimmy. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> We should really close the door then. But anyway, um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, her character as Black Widow, and, and she's, I think this character has grown tremendously in complexity as we've continued to see her in multiple different, uh, you know, multiple different places. Uh, and and, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I like her. I like, I don't know. I like her very much. But um, it's funny. We watched Lucy the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen Lucy. It's another I've seen one. the trailer for it. Scarlett it has Johansson Morgan Freeman and, in it, right? Yeah. yeah. And Luke Morgan Besson's Freeman. new classic. It's really a very interesting concept film. She looks really different in it because her hair is blonde and curly versus the red and straight. And my wife, who, you know, very seldom comments too much on the way, you know, women look, was just like, I used to think that she was just hideously ugly. And in this movie, in Lucy, she was very pretty, or at least she thought she was very pretty. I'm sorry, Scarlett Johansson's never been hideously ugly as far as I'm concerned. No, she did kind of There's used never, to look maybe, like she always just cried. Maybe Bizarro. Like, lost yeah. in translation Bizarro days. world, yeah. Scarlett Johansson. I never would have guessed that she would have been able to pull off that action. But what I really liked about it oh, is yeah. that it seemed like males and females both liked her because she wasn't I mean, she's a sexy woman, so she's going to look good, whatever she's doing. But she wasn't gratuitously over-sexualized, well, I mean, which she's was nice. fully clothed from... Right. Oh, yeah. She's Even modest. Like I mean, sleeves. it's female empowerment in, yeah. in, in a very good-looking package. And uh, she she does really well. They all kind of have their own uh, calling cards, their own style. She's a lot uh, more vicious than Captain America is. Oh, yeah. 
Um, she's well, done okay, some bad but if you think about it, she worked the for the KGB oh, yeah. and did some bad, bad things. Yeah, she yeah, did. Oh, yeah. She did. Well, if you think about it, though, she has to be a little more vicious. She's about half the size as Captain America number one. Doesn't have the special enhancements that he has. Yes, granted, all of the training in the world she's had. I mean, obviously. But then you look at the, and I think the fight scenes, this is why they're so brilliantly done. She doesn't fight like a man fights. Mm -hmm. She fights like a woman who most of the guys who she's going to be fighting against are going to be larger than her. She uses every ounce of weight in her body to move these guys. Yeah, her agility there's, is Her impressive. agility is unbelievable. And, and there's one scene where she's grabbing the guy. He's he's she's gonna flip him over, but she doesn't just bring him down. She throws her legs up in the air, undulates, and brings all of her weight down on the ground. Yeah, I know exactly it, what you're you talking know, about. It was on the ship. It was yeah. in that. In yep. the, in, and I thought to myself, that's exactly the way somebody would do it if they were going to have to do she it. She like countered and her weight to get it's that exactly sort of momentum right, in order to get the momentum going. Otherwise, he she would have never been able to move that monstrous guy. Yeah, I appreciated the uh, intricacies that they put together in uh, these fight scenes, and so many of these comic book adaptations like Man of Steel. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It was so uh, like just the CGI was, I mean, and they all have CGI, but Winter Soldier, it was pretty reserved. I mean, they used it when they had to, but you can tell that a lot of it is being done right there on filming. And if it's not, then it's good enough that you think that it is. I thought by the end of Man of Steel, I was like, okay, I'm so tired of seeing him get the crap kicked out of him. Um, (laughs) And there's been like eight minutes of actual like film time. You know, some of the scenes when Steve Rogers was running uh, at the end, was it the end of the first one when he jumps into the water after that sub? Yeah, that was was the first one. Um, That's that's pretty CGI heavy, but not cheesy and not, you know. No, I think I I understand your point, and I think it's funny because um, – Really, these actors who they have, they make it look like it's just too easy. They make it look like it's just, eh, it's, you know, no big deal. When you know that the the amount of work that goes into making it look like, meh, no big deal, is tremendous. The physical training that they have to go through, the combat training, the, the, the safety, everything else that they have to do in order to make it look like it's no big deal, it's just, I, I think it's a phenomenal thing. And... Love or hate the film. <clears throat> in these films, the the amount of effort that's put into actually making it look real, whether it is CGI or or you know practical effects, which I think a lot of this was practical effects. Even the scenes where Captain is just when he's clearing the deck of the ship right there at the beginning, he he looks like just somebody normal who would just you know jump onto the boat and just be clearing the deck. It's just that. If he kicks somebody, he, the guy doesn't go just a little bit. He flies off the boat, you know. And so there's those little tiny things that wouldn't happen in real life that make you realize, oh, okay, yeah, he's got some enhancements or he's a lot stronger than what, you know, a normal guy would be. But again, that physicality, that ability to be that way and make it look real, believable, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I read that Sebastian Stan, who 
plays Bucky Barnes slash uh, the Winter Soldier, spent five months in preparation before the film, and in between takes, he had a plastic knife, so he was just working on realism, oh, flipping, making it look realistic, the flipping the knife. That's one thing I wanted to bring up, too, that made me laugh during the film. It's like, this guy has weapons on top of his weapons that are on top of his other weapons, on top of pockets, on top of weapons on top of weapons. It's just like, I expected his head to just, you know, crack open a little bit, and he just grabbed more guns and knives from on top to skull. I realize it's a comic book film, but at a certain point it got really ridiculous. But I loved it at the same time. One of the most ridiculous things I thought was that little tiny gun on his back. I know. That little itty-bitty tiny gun on his back, and I'm thinking to myself... What in the world is he going to do with that? I liked the grenade launcher, though. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Grenade but again, launchers you can't go wrong with. Yeah, that's true. So know. if you're just uh, listening, this is Movie Show Theater on 90.7 WAZU. This week we're talking about Captain America, First Avenger. And we have a podcast that you can listen Winter to Soldier. at movieshowtheater.com. Um and uh, we're just kind of getting into the the action. I really like the um, Easter eggs are a really fun part uh, to watch in these comic book adaptations. Remember back in the day, the Easter eggs were just reserved for little secrets on DVDs. True. You know, you went yeah. to the chapter select and got some crappy trailer. What 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 was it that you found in this one? Because I I looked and I saw a couple of things I think, but I wasn't sure what. what there was a brief. There was a brief moment where it, there was like an image of Robert Downey Jr. Um, it was really really brief. Uh, I'd have to. I actually looked the list too after I watched it the first time because some stuff's really 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 brief. Like characters, like minor characters from other films, like the senator. They this one of the senators from Iron Man two. Oh I mean, yeah, just stuff like that. Well, they make okay. little nods to um to uh to to the Hulk, and you know to nods, Stark throughout. Nods to Pulp Fiction. Did you read about the line that's on Nick Fury's grave? It's the uh, same line that Samuel Jackson's character in um, Pulp Fiction recites, except it's shortened. No, I didn't. Really? Yeah, I'm shocked. I, I didn't, didn't see yeah, that. I didn't. I, I must Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, literally yeah. <laughs> And like one of the books uh, in Steve Rogers' apartment um, is by the same guy who wrote Black Hawk Down. Oh. That's fun. Okay. Well, it made me okay. think about – oh, go ahead. I, no, I do, have, I do have one little Easter egg, and it was a verbal Easter egg that was dropped. The, the creepy uh, shield bald, bald shield guy who they find out is actually a Hydra agent. Oh, guy that they well. Yeah, Sitwell, the guy who they threw off the that uh, Romanoff threw off the building, and then Falcon brought him up. He, when they're talking about this Project Insight, this 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 super big brother, you know, aircraft carrier gun thing or whatever it is that is basically going to destroy every threat that is perceived, not necessarily real, but perceived. And he says, you know. Tony Stark, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. You know Stephen Strange. It's it's, it's the, he slipped that one in. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's mm-hmm. right. 2016 playing Doctor Strange. Now that one I can't wait for. That one I'm really excited. Apparently about it's going to get really really trippy. Because well, it's 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 okay. You, we here we have. Uh, you know uh, Tony Stark, the technological genius, who who can take you know he makes MacGyver look like a chump, 
he can take all of these different components, put them together in a cave, and build a suit that's outrageous, right? Imagine that kind of genius in a doctor of the occult and magic and mysticism, and this is Stephen Strange. So now we have the polar opposite as far as pure technology on one side. Now we're getting into the true mysticism and magic on the other, and they are because Stephen Strange is a bad boy. He he is widely depicted in the in the books as being kind of a de- Richard. He's a, a big Richard. He, he but but just like Tony Stark is. But then you know we come we come to I frankly I think Tony Stark is now probably one of my favorite characters ever because of Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal. I hope I hope I hope that Benedict Cumberbatch in playing this character of Doctor Strange brings that kind of humanity to it brings that kind of humility to it and the humor to it because there's got to be some humor in there. Now, granted, Stephen Strange's character in the comic was not renowned for being kind of a snarky person like Tony Stark was, but there's got to be something there that that modern audiences can grab a hold of or else it won't go anywhere. Yeah. So that that was the the one easter egg that they dropped and to- and at least as a name drop, so. Yeah. Uh so I just have to mention this. The Oscars were on last week. Did you guys watch any of them? Oh, yeah, I watched. Well, most of them. I watched I at least asleep. the first maybe hour and a half. So Benedict Cumberbatch, there is no way that he is not part lizard. Why do you say that? Because he, like he looks like a man lizard. His facial structure, his cheeks, his jawline, <laughs> his, his the bone structure in his face. Me and Anna both said it at the same time. Very. He needs he's, to bulk up. If he's, he's going to be in a Marvel, he needs to take some. He's serious. a very rich lizard <laughs> well, man. You got to know that Doctor Strange is not a bulky character. I mean, uh, all of his powers are derived from from magic and mysticism. Yeah. I mean, I mean he is the master of the occult, and so we'll see. That but is plus, cool. they also have access. Like, if they did want to do that, I mean, um, with those films, they have access to the best trainers. I mean. For instance, Hugh Jackman. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I mean, he'd been in roles before before Wolverine, but I think he had trained with a Marine, and I looked at his workouts, and they're just absolutely freaking oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And if the bar don't bend, <laughs> you're just gonna pretend. Yeah, that's his favorite bar, his favorite uh, gym line. Jeez. So, um, they're almost not human though at that point, which is the whole point is to make them look all you know. Pushing the boundaries of what a real human being should look like. Yeah. So I, th- I I I wasn't really interested in Captain America prior to watching these movies, but I I really like it now, and I think part of it is because of the simplicity of the formula that is Captain America. It's such a basic um, storyline, so much that it's almost boring. You know, I mean, Iron Man is awesome. I I do like. I like to talk about comic book heroes and be like, they're awesome. This is so awesome. He's Super the, rad, He's the bro. coolest. Um, Look at that thing that he did. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Right. But he's a genius. He's wealthy. He was born into wealth. Yeah, he's cool, but look at all these resources he has. And and Steve Rogers is this, you know, dude who never felt like he fit in. And he, he got bullied, and, and he still stayed a true person, and he stayed true to himself, you know, when he jumps on that grenade. Oh, that was the best. That Which was, was probably really one cool. of my. I thought that was probably one of the most telling scenes of the entire thing. What a thing. sweet guy. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he's like, get out of here, get out of here. He's like the Boy Scout. And he just proved, he proved 
without a doubt that he was the one for the program. And Tommy Lee Jones smiled in the first one. I don't know if you caught it. If you blinked, you missed it. But he definitely <laughs> smiled. I saw it. His little scars parted. You could <laughs> well, see his teeth for like half a second. Well, here's my question. So there were three pretty big superhero films released in 2014. X-Men comes from Marvel Comics, but it's a Fox Studios property. It's licensed to them. Obviously, we have Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Winter Soldier. What would be your personal pick of those three, if you had to just watch one? Um, not X-Men. There's too, there's too much to focus on with X-Men, and maybe part of that is because I'm a little disconnected because I don't know the comic books. Um I don't know. I I think I'd say I I think I'd say Captain America. I mean, I mentioned the film noir earlier. Yeah, the 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 timeline is right, you know, from where they were putting it, but like I love the little newsreel clippings that they threw in and all the little touches, you know, when they show the old news clips when they were at the museum in the second one and it shows the real gritty, real black and white. I thought that was very interesting, and, and some of the technology, the advanced technology that you see in those scenes, is almost steampunk. Yeah, I was just yeah, it's almost steampunk. Totally, and, and I mean, so much of Hydra too. Oh yeah, oh very much so, and and I, and it's it's you know outrageous technology built on antiquated technology, and I think that's kind of a neat neat idea, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know between those those three. I, I, I got to think. Um, I really love the X Men. I love the X Men, and I love the story of the X Men, and I like the direction they're going with it. But I think I was the most entertained by Guardians of the Galaxy, by far. I was the most entertained because uh, it was brand new. I had no expectations going in, and frankly. <laughs> The, the lead character, uh, you know, Star-Lord, cracked me up. The Chris entire, Pratt is Chris awesome. Pratt was just hilarious. He's and, got you know, a bright the, future I mean, ahead of him. And the music, there's such a disconnect between the music and what's on on the screen itself. And, and it worked beautifully. Like a clockwork orange. Dude. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do, even do, go back do, there. Do, no. Do, 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 do. Yeah, no. It's interesting, though, because we each have a different choice. I would pick X-Men Days of Future Past because out of all the superheroes or superhero groups, I always identified with the X-Men more than, uh, you know, like the Avengers or some of the other Marvel properties. I always loved Batman. A lot of DC stuff I was not into. Never really a fan of Superman. He's too powerful. Um, I love the X-Men because they're misfits. They all have dark stories, and I think that's what that film did well. Outside of, um, you know, the the whole time travel aspect that you have going on, um, I really loved what they did with Magneto. It's like they finally made him into a complete badass. The dude lifts, oh, yeah. his, the dude lifts an entire stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, so they, that was phenomenal. They set up the next one really, really well, and looking at each film, I think that's one of the main takeaways I got from each one with Captain America Winter Soldier, they set up the next Avengers film so perfectly. Um, And obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, we have the film coming out in 2017. Obviously, you want to know what they're doing next. Uh, Same thing with me for the X-Men. Obviously, they have a lot of fertile ground to work with. The the interesting thing about this is that I'm, I'm just wondering how at what point... Are they going to be able to continue these stories without merging, without oh. bringing the two universes, without bringing X Men and Avengers, Hulk and Hulk versus Wolverine? I know, 
I, mean, I, when, I would I would just be like it's gonna keep getting more and five, more five thousand it's gonna yeah. five thousand dollars to to see uh you know I have to personally hey. pay five thousand dollars to see Wolverine versus Hulk okay yeah, yeah here you go I'll just uh, sell it. my left arm I do love the little mini henchmen that ended up kind of getting a larger role towards the end like that Jack Rollins guy who was fighting is that Rumlo? Sam who, huh the guy who become uh, is that who got burned oh, oh he, he's oh, gonna yeah, become yeah, yeah. Uh, Crossbones. A villain called Crossbones. Okay, yeah, because really? at the end it showed oh, him all okay. charred up, and in yeah. my naive comic book mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a villain. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. great. They set up in the carnage uh, surveying the aftermath. They kind of set up what I assume are going to be uh, more villains. And I guess uh, little Bucky's probably going to join the uh, the good guys. No. Because well, that's up in the air. Yeah. You don't really know. Because yeah. at the very end, when it shows him at the museum, and he's reading that, little article about himself right and it shows his face for a good 30 seconds i can't imagine that his takeaway would be to be uh reinforced by the brainwashing that ensued no that's true but here here's the question that i have about that were they injecting him with some sort of an enhancement drug or something like that were they using some sort of equipment to make him what he was or is that a permanent change in him I never I don't got think the it was straight a permanent change. It seemed like they had, they had been using some kind of measure to brainwash him, and they probably gave him the equivalent of um, that super serum that was injected into Captain America. But it seemed like what they did was they sent him on miss- missions, and then they just wiped him like he was a piece of hardware. You know, just like, ah, oh, we're going to wipe your brain it's out like now, a little, like a lobotomy. lobotomy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They hook him up to that apparatus that Seems was some like sort of— like an inefficient way to— to build somebody because if you're going to oh, I just I don't know again he has the jack like going on it seems like a waste well yeah and, it was not very uh, well thought out because whenever he starts to like come back they're like ah just shock him again but then he did save his life which told me that there's some speck in his brain that you know does oh, yeah. believe what oh, he was no, saying it's that old nugget and, you know I can't fight you you're my brother right right so I think that yeah. little scene at the museum was kind of the uh, selling point for me yeah yeah, I could see that, I guess. But and I didn't like the uh, AI man, Doctor Zart Z- Zula, oh, whatever. The, Zola, yeah. whose Zola, like yeah. existence was a. Did you like the War Games the, reference? Yeah, I did like the War Games reference because it, it's play it, a game. <laughs> it seemed like his whole existence was based on a bunker full of Commodore sixty fours. Uh, that's what it was essentially. Well, the real derails, you know. But I mean, when when was he put in there? It was the seventies, wasn't it? And computers hadn't made so. the jump. They hadn't made the jump quite to the to the microchip yet, and so all of, all of those computers. That was his brain. I mean, I guess. I mean, it'd have to be a hell of a lot. But shouldn't it be? He be updated. Shouldn't he have like a Java update or something? I mean, but if see, it's nobody knew that he was there. But obviously, somebody put that the USB port down there. But who was that? Who was the one who came in and activated him or or adapted that technology with the USB port? I, that's who I want to know. What, I mean, was it Gandalf. Robert Redford's character? Was it you know who was it that did that? Henchman number four. Yeah, the guy, who's, the guy who just gets pummeled and fell to the floor. Ah! The Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Yeah, that would be Which good. I don't remember hearing it in this I don't, one. I don't really remember that either. They, I mean, they, it's they always there, that. but I, I, it was probably blended in pretty well this time. But, yeah. It made I – I, I, I remember seeing – and I think it was Iron Man 2. There's a couple references to Stark building Captain America's shield. 
Oh, yeah. Before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And you see yeah. it, like, undone, kind of half uh, created, and then he... That's Doesn't correct. he use it to, like, he wedge underneath... To, uh, yeah, Tony does. He uses Captain's shield or what, what like, a prototype of it in, to lift up that particle uh, accelerator, that mini particle accelerator that he's building in the, his basement mm-hmm. to, to come up with the new element. And, um, and, and that's a neat little, little slide in there. And I always thought, for some reason in the back of my head, I always thought that the shield was made of adamantium, not vibranium. I thought it was it's, made of unobtainium from Avatar. It is not. Okay. No. Ooh. It's actually vibranium. Yeah, that was the stupidest. As soon as I, I was out in Avatar, as soon as I heard him say unobtainium, I was like, all right, Cameron, come on. Yeah, that was good. You can do better than that. <laughs> but no, for some I'm reason, I thought doing. it was adamantium. I don't know. Oh, well. We might never know. But how much fun is Stanley Tucci to watch? I know he was in the first one, but God, he always does so good. He's such a great chameleon character actor. Which I, which uh, character did he play? He was the guy that signed up uh, Steve Rogers for that program that was oh, alongside yeah. Oh, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh yeah, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. It's been a it's been a while since I've seen the first one. I think I saw it the year it came out, and then maybe 2012 because I remember seeing it twice. But I didn't watch it after that. Again, yeah, it I, I was the same way. I, I, it, you know, it's one of those films that's on rotation now on FX or whatever. It comes on every two or three days or whatever it is. Yeah. So like maybe with the I'll, Green Lantern. Yeah, maybe I'll flip it over and I'll watch ten minutes of it and be like, mm, okay, yeah, I don't need to watch anymore. Okay, because you know, again, it's the story. Never was interested in his story. It's just too apple pie, I guess. It's interesting too to see what. DC is doing in response to all this because they're obviously far behind. They are so far behind. They have a Batman versus Superman film that's coming out, and then they have in the works uh, the Suicide Squad, which is a group of supervillains. But that's about all they they seem to really have working. Maybe like yeah. you know, I'll they see some stuff the, about Wonder Woman and Supergirl pop up. They have I the think, beginnings of Justice League, or at least the teasings of Justice League is out there, which is again the DC equivalent to Avengers, basically. I think that my my prediction is that they, I think it's going to be great, but I think they're going to try to pack too much into one film because now they release the images for Aquaman. Jason Moma, who is in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah. And they release too much. They release. Did they? Uh, yeah. Is it just? I haven't seen. I it really yet, haven't. So. I, I've seen that. Does it image. look cool? Yeah, he, he looks doesn't cool. look like Aquaman at all. But, That's uh, what well, you would expect Aquaman to look like. But they had to for a modern audience because I'm sorry, Aquaman. Aquaman is a kind of a silly, the lamest character. Yeah. He and he and the uh, Marvel equivalent, Prince Namor. Uh, you know, I, I just seriously. I, both of them just okay, live in the ocean. Just, just yeah. live there. If any I mean, bad guys come out here, I'm yeah, gonna get them. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's cool. I'm showing yeah. Stu the picture right now, and it's actually a pretty cool that's character pretty cool design. Character design, yeah. Not they, bad. They, they took away the bright green. What was it green well, and orange? Green and orange. That spandex. doesn't work. Yeah. That that don't hold up. And they released the Wonder Woman images. They released the Robin images. We see what Batman, what the new Batmobile looks like, which is great because it gets people excited. But, you know, I I feel like Marvel will, like what Hulk already has, three more movies that he signed on for that are just Hulk oh, yeah. movies. Really? Yeah. 
At least two that I well, know of. Well, there's been there's because that's curious Several because there's Hulk. been some some sort of a rumor as to how they're going to handle the Hulk in the next Ultron because, um, there was the and, Hulk. The well, from from what's been released, you get the impression that Hulk might end up being a villain because that's the Hulk has done that throughout his oh, history. Yeah. Oh yeah, and because there is an image of Iron Man's Hulk Buster right. um, suit of armor. You know, it's. Uh, I think maybe bigger or as big as the Hulk. So obviously this, and I think too, what the next would be after the Avengers, there's the civil war. There's the civil war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But the, the, the one that I'm thinking of that, and I don't know, uh, with the introduction of guardians of the galaxy and the whole outer space element of this Hulk planet could be a very definite thing coming in the future. Plus, uh, what am I thinking of here? Uh, when there there is more than one version of Thor. Thor's hammer? No, I, I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to look it up because I remember I had, I had the comic book. I think it was from the early to mid-90s, and there were like four versions of Thor on the cover. Oh, yeah, and one of them's a bizarre-looking, goatish-looking yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Was, don't remember that. Hold on, let me see if my memory's correct. Anyway, Thorcore. 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 Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good name. The Thorcore. So, yeah, I don't know. They could go any number of different ways with with this as they're as we're coming out of it. Uh, obviously, Steve Rogers is going to be well, whatever ends up happening, he'll be a central character in in the coming Avengers movies. They can't do away with Captain America. He's iconic. He is their moral compass, if you will, um, and, and truly becomes a, a leader in not just in as a symbol of leadership, but it, it truly becomes a leader of the group uh, because he is a natural leader. I mean, truly just a natural leader. Yeah, it goes beyond just an awesome superhero. Yeah, no. But he's, there, there's he, intellect there. Yeah, well, he, he and he's got heart. He's got, again, the moral compass. No, he's not as intelligent as, as Bruce Banner or Tony Stark. Or as powerful as as Thor, he but he does have the ability to lead. He is a leader of men. Well, and I, that's the other interesting thing too. And we got to wrap up here in a minute. But uh, Tony Stark is great, but he's got some major character flaws, oh, which yeah. makes, really prevent him from being a great leader. Which makes it all the more interesting when he butts heads with Captain America. Oh, which so is gonna be, that's going to be the whole basis of Civil War, yeah. Iron Man versus Captain America yeah. with whoever's on whatever side. side. Yeah. So we're going to have to uh, decide what we're going to do next. It's going to be Stu's turn. If he doesn't have one ready, you'll have to uh, go to the website to find out what that's going to be. Mm. And we're going to be thinking. Beyond the Black Rainbow. Wom, oh, my wom. gosh. I tried to watch it again, and Dude, I couldn't. It's tough. I've never even heard of it. It's uh, tough. It, it, I'll say it's worth one watch because there's some interesting stuff going on, but it's so unrewarding in the end. Yeah. Okay. So I, if you, that's, if you like lighting and music, which normally we— Bringing endorsement there. Yeah. Normally we tend to focus on 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 lighting or, or costume design or uh, sound or whatever for the movies we choose, but you kind of have to just nerd out a little bit with these. Oh with yeah, these with the comic book and adapta- and adaptations. To, Absolutely, and I've come to embrace it, and yeah. and so I'm in. I just like it because of the the world of possibilities, like we discussed. I mean, even with Endless. like like I said, my my dream would be that 
Marvel Studios is allowed to use the X-Men franchise to do a crossover film with any of the Avengers characters. Oh, yes. That'd well, it's such so box great. office gold that well, yeah. whatever they, prior they wasn't allowed. Be, not that they're not printing money already, but it's just like they're going to print triple the money. And now they're going to ridiculous. introduce Spider-Man into the Avengers. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man Which wants to he play was a so member, bad. Oh, he was in the Avengers uh, originally, and oh, what an awesome thing that would be. What yes. an awesome thing that would be! Because that That'd was be the glorious. when they were in New York and fighting the 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 whatever they were. I can't remember what they were in the Avengers. The the aliens from the Avengers. Where was Daredevil? Where was Spider Man? Where were all these local superheroes? These guys who chill out there in New York City, this huge area. I mean, let's be honest: the X Men. They live right outside of New York City, and in in the they would have been there with bells on. I mean, this was an invasion from another planet. Mm-hmm. You better believe that everybody and their grandmother's going to be there and helping out. Yeah. So, again, I think that they. I know it's complicated. I know it's all legal, and I know it's all you know money. But I really think that that eventually they're going to have to find a way to merge them all together because contracts will uh, be changed. It's going to just they they could they could split it down the middle and everybody walks away from that just with wads of cash in their pockets. What you're looking at too, as far as licensing, is when you go to the very top, you have. Sony that owns Fox, and then you have Disney that owns Marvel Studios. You have two giants, and they're smart. They're savvy, and they'll know, like we said, that this is a no-brainer. It's just like, okay, we're going to make tons of money, and if we split it, we might make more money than if these two teams, like Avengers and X-Men, were just standing by themselves, at least for maybe just one film, just to see how it works. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Nerding out. So, if you have uh, an idea or a request, a movie you think we should do, you can uh, leave a comment on the 90.7 WAZU Facebook page. You can also find us on the Movie Show Theater Facebook page. And you can also find us at movieshowtheater.com. You can listen to all of our past episodes, listen to them for free. You can download or stream them, and um, all kinds of fun stuff. So, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. I'm Ben Snow. And this has been Movie Show Theater.